0: Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for that word. And thank you for all, all for being here today. Thank you for everyone who's joining online as well. And <clears throat> yeah, the Lord has just been so good this morning. The presence of the Holy Spirit has been here. If you missed when we came in this morning, I shared that when I walked through the doors this morning we had our worshipers were, we're up here getting getting warmed up to lead you in worship today. And right in coming through the doors, you could just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. It was just wonderful. It was powerful. And I and I hope that you experienced that when you came through the doors today. The Lord's just been priming the pump for us because, because He loves us and He wants us to meet with Him. He wants us to experience Him. He wants us to enjoy Him. He wants us to be transformed in His presence. So I'm just so grateful for His presence today. I'm just going to take a moment to pause and just acknowledge Him. Holy Spirit, we thank You. We thank You that even before we came here this morning, You were here waiting for us. We thank You that even when we were focused on all of our stuff, You were focused on us and and drawing us to You. I ask that this morning, Lord, as we continue to press into You, that anything that would be lingering in our minds that we've carried in here, Lord, worries, doubts, fears, hurts, all those things, Lord, that we would we would be able to lay those at your feet today. We ask that you would you would come, bring healing, bring encouragement, speak to our hearts, draw us to Jesus. Let us glorify the Father in all the things that we do. Everything that's said here, everything that's spoken here today, that, that God be lifted up. Because He is worthy of all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. It's all His. We thank You, Amen. In case you missed it, we had a really wonderful time on Friday with uh, the fellowship, the Christian Fellowship here in St. Mary's County. We had an opportunity to to feed a lot of people here in the county, and we had a, a truck of of food that, that came to Dominion Apostolic Church down in St. Mary's Square and, and, and several folks from various churches in the, in the area came to help unload that truck and I'm not talking like a small flatbed truck I'm talking like one of those big giant tra- tractor trailers we unloaded 1200 boxes of food 1200 boxes yes 1200 boxes of food and some of us have aching backs and sore arms but I tell you what, at 30 pounds a box, that's about 18 tons of food delivered to our community. And it was amazing to see people, even before we were done unloading the truck, people were already starting to roll up. And I'm told that we had 65 boxes left over at the end, and those went to a food bank. And so everything got used. Everything got delivered. And I was just so thankful to be able to partner with our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ here in, in St. Mary's County. What, what a wonderful, powerful ministry. It, it is a It's astounding to consider how much food that is. And it's not, it's not garbage food. It was good food. Meat and dairy and fruits and vegetables and good healthy stuff to people. I'm just so thankful to be, to be able to serve with the body of Christ in a larger context than our four walls here. So I encourage you, if you missed that, you didn't know about it, go to our website, ofhsomd.com. Because there you can sign up for our newsletter and you can get that. But that means you also have to read the newsletter when it comes to you in the email. Don't just don't just uh, thumb through it or pass it by. We really want you to be engaged. God's doing some great things. We're partnering with other other members of the body of Christ here in our community. And that's something new that the Lord is doing for us in a, in a, in a brand new way. Not that we've never done that before, but he's doing new things in that. So I encourage you to take those opportunities, build relationships with your brothers and sisters that, that don't attend here. Because God's doing something new with that here. So just thankful. I just wanted to just give a give recognition to that, because that was a wonderful, wonderful event. You know, this morning, I got messed up <laughs> by the Lord. I got messed up by the Lord. I've been preparing this message and Katie said, you gotta come and watch this, this video, cause we're, we're getting ready to do another pursuit night this upcoming Saturday. Folks, show up for that. Really, come on out for that, because it's a good time. We're, we're building the, the worship list for this. She showed me a video, and it was, it was just wonderful. And they were singing, uh, Worthy of It All, and Agnes Day. And both of those songs have hit me at various times in my history with the Lord. I've been undone by those songs multiple occasions. And to see the Lord just kind of stitch those things together and hit me with that this morning, it just, it undid me this morning. I'm just there weeping in His presence because He's so good. He's so good. And when we have history with the Lord, He likes to sometimes just say, hey, remember that one right there? And he'll drop it in your bucket, and all of a sudden you're undone, remembering his goodness to you, his faithfulness to you, and the fact that he's not just good to you. He's good to everybody, both the righteous and the unrighteous. He is good to us because he is good. He loves us just in so many dramatic ways. <clears throat> and he really just undid me this morning. Now, I'm, I was preparing this message, and things were coming together, but he just... Broke things apart for me. So I'm going to see what pieces actually come into this from what he shared with me because it's he's for you. He's for you. He wants you to know about the hope and the calling that he has for you. His message today is about peace. He is the Prince of Peace, and he's coming to give you peace. He's already come to give you peace, but his peace is still extended to you. Every single day. And he's not only extending peace to you, he's forming peace in you. And you get to carry peace with you. And you get to leak peace wherever you go. That's the opportunity that is available for us. We don't always walk in that, but the potential is always there. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit over the past couple months. We've spoken about love. Last time I was with you, I spoke about joy. Remember choose joy? And then I stepped right off into the next day and got smacked with having to try to do that myself. <laughs> and I got leveled. I didn't I did not perform well on that on that pop quiz. I just want you to know that I did not perform well on that pop quiz, but thank the Lord that I have brothers that I was able to reach out to who helped lift me up in that time. Folks, we need one another to remind us, didn't you just preach about that yesterday? Yeah, you're right. But his message today is about peace. Third fruit of the Spirit is peace. We go to Galatians five twenty two 22-23. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. As I was reflecting upon all of those characteristics and attributes today, it just resonated with me. It's kind of like a duh, right? But if you look at this, these are the characteristics of God, and of course they would be because of the fruit of His Spirit. See, as He's forming Christ in you, He's He's bringing out fruit. He's producing fruit in you that is demonstrated in your life. that demonstrates who he is, It demonstrates his nature and his character. And we don't all bat a thousand in every single one of these characteristic qualities at any one given time, but that's not for you to beat yourself up with. When you find that you've fallen short on love, it's not that you're bad at loving, it's that you're learning to love more. It's not that you have no patience, it's that he's, he's forming patience in you. When you find yourself in the place where you do not have peace, you can't find peace in yourself, he's reminding you that you have to have peace in him. And he's forming that in you. Listen, we're we're playing the long game here, folks. You should see evidence of this fruit in your life from early on in your walk with the Lord. But it's not the mature fruit that he's going to produce in you. So be confident that he is doing this work in you. You just get to, like Pastor Dan said, give him your yes. And then he prunes you so you become more fruitful. But Bill Johnson says your reward for producing fruit is pruning. Yeah. It's not your punishment for producing fruit. It's, it's your reward. You get to be pruned because God is playing the long game with you. Several years ago, I've shared aspects of this story, but several years ago, I um, Many of you know Katie and I went through some challenging pregnancies and our, our first pregnancy was was really the beachhead for us in going through challenging pregnancies. And I remember in that season really having to learn to surrender to the Lord because everything that I was trying to do and in re, in rebuking the storm was not actually causing anything to actually change. Everything I knew to do at that point in time wasn't working. The needle wasn't bumping at all. And so he had to teach me in that moment how to surrender to him. And I remember giving it all to him and saying, Lord, even if this thing goes just terrible, I will still serve you. And I, I didn't realize it at that time. I was doing the best I knew how to surrender and submit to him. But there was an aspect of me carrying so much in that time, so much load between caring for my wife, caring for my job, caring for whatever else the responsibilities I had that time, and, and so much shed in that in that time of our lives is we really had to focus on who we were as a family. But it was a traumatic event for us. And not just like a traumatic event that took place over a day or a week or whatnot. It was months long. And it continued and it continued and it continued. We were living in that tension. And I didn't realize the emotional weight that I was bearing. But after our son came and he was healthy and happy and doing all that just great and we were rejoicing in in what the Lord did, I'd say it was about seven months later, one little comment from somebody threw me into a tailspin like I didn't ever knew I could go into. And I would look at it, look back at it now and look back at the probably two or so years that followed that and recognize me. I was in a depression in that point. I could, if you've ever been depressed, manifest in different ways. But I remember struggling through my day, all day long. And what was crazy was I had more responsibilities in my job than I'd ever had before. It's like, why is this happening to me? What are you after, Lord? And he was after me, coming after him. And I don't say that lightly. Because the crushing pressure of being in a depression is not something to take lightly. But he was after me being after him. And I'm sure there's a host of other things that were going on in that time. I don't recommend depression to anyone. But if you've gone through a depression or if you're going through a depression, every single day can be a struggle. Moment by moment, it can be a struggle. I remember waking up in the morning... And before I even opened my eyes, it wasn't the presence of the Lord that I felt. It was the presence of that depression that I could feel. The flood of worries and concerns and cares coming across my mind and my heart just, I didn't even want to pull the covers back, but I knew I had to. Every single day was crushing. I had anxieties, I had fears, I had all sorts of doubts, all sorts of things where I'd ever had a challenge with those things. I'd always been able to brush them off or or whatever. It, nothing that I was ever, ever able to do before was working, and it kept mounting higher and higher and higher. And I remember the Lord took me to a place of, of really having to come to him so directly. What it drove in me was back to his feet, back to him, because what I had was the absence of peace. I had chaos, I had confusion, I had doubts, I had anxieties. I, had, I was in complete unrest in me, moment by moment by moment. <clears throat> and it was so challenging and so hard. But it drove me back to his feet. It drove me into the word. And he taught me things through it. This is part of my history with God. We all have history with God, even if we don't know him yet. This is part of my waking history with God. Getting to learn to know him as the Prince of Peace and to watch as he would bring me peace and form peace in me. Because his peace is not peace that you generate. His peace is is him forming peace in you. It's by his spirit. And sometimes he has to bring us, not everybody, okay? I'm not saying this comes on everybody. But if you find yourself in depression, recognize that sometimes God brings us to that place of utter destruction in our ability to do things on our own so that he can show up for us and truly show us that he is our source of peace. That is my story. And some of you also share that. It's a hard journey and it's not one to take lightly. But I need you to know that God has already overcome it. Jesus has already overcome that. And your hope can be in him in the midst of of what you're facing. Now, I don't say that to say, whenever I would come to the Lord, everything was fixed. I'd go throughout my day, and everything was honky-dory. I actually had a piece of paper that I would carry around with me because I'd have to take notes not on the worries and the fears and the doubts that I was having because they were like, innumerable. But what I was having to write down and take notes on were the, the micro-revelations I was getting from the Lord along the way in discerning what was something that he brought to me because you know, we still, have, we still have responsibilities, we still have things we have to deal with, but depression tells you you have to deal with everything and none of it is anything that you can actually handle. You have the enemy lying to your to your spirit, telling you this is, a problem. this is a problem, 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 and everything is your responsibility. You become introspective, and the weight of it crushes you. I had to learn to discern, Lord, what is it that you are telling me, and what is it that the enemy is telling me? Because if I'm going to move on any of these things, I have to know it's from you and not the enemy. So learning the source of the voice was very important. Because I knew that if God brought something to me to deal with, then his grace was already there for it to be dealt with. But the enemy would throw up a hundred different things that God never brought to me in that moment to deal with. I was learning to discern the voice of the Lord and to walk in his peace. And I'd carry this piece of paper around with me whenever I'd feel that. You know what the feeling, right? Blood pressure goes up. Heat comes into your face and your ears. You feel the whole pressure. Oh, Lord, what am I doing right now? And I'd take that piece of paper out, and I'd start reading. I went through my checklist. Did it come to me this way? No. 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 Okay. I don't deal with this. Thank you, Jesus. But I learned in that, in that season, that that he could bring me peace in the midst of my storm. And it's not like it was an everlasting thing from that point on, but it was like this momentary window of bubble of being able to get that breath with him, and then sometimes it was right back under. But he was there with me in the midst of it. I want to share Psalm 91 with you because I was just in worship here. And he brought it to my, my memory in sharing this story with you. This was a lifeline for me in this time. And so I encourage you, if you find yourself in depression right now, if you find yourself in a place of anxiety and doubts and fears, this is a go-to where his promises are so good for you. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he... He, not my own thoughts, not my own strength, not my own abilities, not the plans that I make, not the things that I do, the walls of defenses that I can put up against my around myself to protect myself from what's coming. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness... His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, and that's not just for men, any trouble that you face, any depression that you face. He is able to penetrate the deepest darkness and meet you in the midst of it. He is able to protect you when you're surrounded by your enemies, whether they be real, whether they be in your mind, whether they be spiritual, whether they be physical. He is there, able to meet you in the midst of every single situation, and to be your peace in the midst of it. Isaiah says this in Isaiah chapter 9. We like to sing this at Christmas. We don't often think about the words, Handel's Messiah, which I love, just a glorious song. We sing scripture. It's so powerful. And I I love what he put that to. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. I visualize that. That's a penetrating peace. That's that ever-expanding, like, God said, let there be light and oof, it just keeps going on into eternity. Of the greatness of his government and his peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He has authority. He has royalty. He has dominion in this realm of peace. And peace comes as part of the kingdom of God. It's part of the nature and character of the kingdom of God. We're going to talk a little bit about peace today. I love this. You'll find this oftentimes at the end of the epistles, Paul will use this. He'll say this. Here's Romans 15, 33. It's just an example of it. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. The God of peace. He's not only about peace, but that is the aspect of his nature that he carries with him. The God of peace be with you. 1 Corinthians 14 33 says this, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. It's so important for us to understand that because we find disorder, we find calamity, we find confusion, we find chaos in our lives. Just look at the news. Not hard to find. It makes great news. Disorder, chaos, all that, calamity. We have a God that is actually a God of order, a God of peace. When we gather together among us, there should be peace. When the Spirit of God is present, we find peace. His peace is penetrating, it's active, and it actually destroys things. His peace is a destructive force. What? That doesn't make sense. Shouldn't peace mean that Tranquility and harmony and goodness and wholeness and quiet and all of that. Yes, also peace. But peace actually destroys bad stuff, it destroys the works of the devil. Let's look at first John chapter 3 starting verse 7. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Our prince of peace has come to destroy the works of the devil. You know, when Jesus was walking around, he was destroying the works of the devil. He didn't come with a sword. He didn't come with a sling and a stone. He came with peace and destroyed the works of the devil. Demons were fleeing Disorder was being righted. Sickness was leaving. Parts of people's bodies that were broken were restored. He delivered people from sin in every manner of disorder because he came to destroy the works of the devil. And he's still doing it today. He goes on to say this, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. The character of God gets formed in us. Does that mean as a Christian you don't sin? You're going to find yourself caught in sin, folks. But recognize this, he's forming himself in you. You get to practice righteousness as you continue to move in him. He tells us, stop practicing these fruitless deeds of darkness and come do this other thing. You're you're exchanging that for what he's called you into. You'll find times through your walk with him where you have sinned. Good news, you get to repent because you're already forgiven. And turn to him and keep walking in the way of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. We're going to talk about this word peace. In Hebrew, the word peace is shalom. You've heard this word probably many times, shalom. And there's a concept here that many of us here at our father's house are familiar with, but it may be new to some of you, so I want to share it with you. Yes, shalom does mean completeness or wholeness. It means soundness, welfare, It means peace. It means quiet, tranquility, contentment. It means all those things that we tend to think about peace as. But Hebrew, the Hebrew language, is a pictorial language. The letters that are used in the Hebrew language actually have meanings of their own. And so when you construct words in the Hebrew language, that those word symbols actually say something that aren't necessarily this definition that we know. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that definition is wrong. It means there's, a, there's another factor to many of the words that we hear in Hebrew that carry with them meaning that's important for us. So shalom is actually four letters, shin, lamed, vav, and mem. Shin means to destroy. Lamed means authority. Bav means establish or join something together. And mem often means chaos or disorder. So the pictorial picture of the word shalom means to destroy the authority that establishes chaos or disorder. Yeah. That is the banner of what that word says pictorially. To destroy, and you've, you've heard this. Pastor Lanny said this up here. Remember, it means this, to destroy the authority that establishes disorder. Because that's the pictorial view of what that word is. We need to lay hold of that because it's a deeper, it's a deeper thing. It's like stuff that you, you don't even see anymore because it just becomes the background scatter of what's around you, the environment that you're in. But this is there. God, God hides these things for us so that we find them. And so we can say, wait a second, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came as the prince of peace. He wants to give me his peace. He wants to destroy chaos. So chaos and disorder is destroyed through peace. So peace is actually a destructive force against the enemy. It's not like we hide in peace. Peace comes. Peace comes and penetrates. Remember, the greatness of his government and his peace, there will be no end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans 5, 1-2 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. He came and gave us access to the Father so that we can be at peace with God. That's huge. That is huge. We're at peace with God, but he doesn't just stop there. In 2 Thessalonians, we see this in in chapter 3. Again, this is at the tail end of a letter. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. He wants to give you peace at how many times? When? At all times, every time in every way. He's given us access to this. Does that mean we walk in it all the time? No. Does that mean you should beat yourself up about that? No. But you need to know that it is available to you at all times. Not just when you're being good. Not just when you're prayed up. Not just when you've been reading your Bible every day. In your darkest hour, when you've been backsliding and you've been doing all sorts of other stuff, his peace is still there for you. Colossians three fifteen says this Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. When you come to him and you choose to follow Jesus, you are brought into the body of Christ. And the nature and character of Christ is what rules in his body. And as we go through our journey, learning to follow him more and more, he's forming his peace in us. He's developing his peace in us. And we get to learn how to allow that to rule us. Remember, I was sharing my story. Go back to my list. Because I have to make a decision here. Am I going to act on this or am I going to hold fast? And right now, all I hear are voices screaming at me that I need to run. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Remember, the heart is the seat of your decision-making capacity about what you are going to do. That's why God tells us that above all things, we're to guard our hearts. Remember? Because if you run because of fear, you've made a decision out of fear, God's still going to be with you. But if you had held fast in that moment, he has something else for you. As you're learning to rely on him, as you're learning to stand firm in him, as you're learning to rely upon the economy that he wants to give you in that moment to hold fast, and be strengthened by his spirit. Isaiah 26.3, this is a good one. This is a really good one. This is one you memorize, you put it on your mirror, you just keep going over it, because it's instructive and it's a promise. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And you recite that. you, You instruct your soul in what it's going to do. He's going to keep me in perfect peace because my mind is steadfast on him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to stand on who he is. I'm going to remember who he is, and I'm going to hold fast in this. The word there for perfect peace is is a Hebrew expression. It's shalom, shalom. That, That double speaking of something emphasizes it. I'm going to keep you in perfect peace. And that's shalom, shalom. And when it's talking about minds here, I just learned this. That's so fascinating. It's not just about your decisions or your thoughts. It's a, it's a particular aspect of it. It's your creative imaginative mind. I want you to consider that for a moment. When my creative imaginative mind is resting on Him and I'm trusting on Him, He keeps me in Shalom, shalom. He keeps me in that perfect peace. I'm going to read that from the Amplified for you here. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character. Because because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope, In confident expectation. Has anybody ever been anxious before? Yeah. We've all been there. You go around that gerbil wheel and go nowhere, right? I can come up with a hundred thousand ideas of things that could go wrong in any given situation and how that's how that's going to play out negatively. My mind, my creative, imaginative mind, is coming up with lots of negativity. It's coming up with lots of possibilities, and maybe one of them is going to happen. Maybe, maybe one of them, because I'm going to move through a single thread of time but I can come up with lots of things that could possibly go wrong there. But he's telling me here that if I surrender my creative, imaginative mind to him and let my thoughts rest on him, he's going to keep me in perfect peace because my trust is on him. Even if this is a negative outcome, folks, because let's face it, we have negative outcomes, right? But is he still with you? Is he still... Has he forsaken you in the midst of that? No, he's present. He's there. And he's still acting on your behalf in that, in that moment. This idea, this concept is familiar. And I think I've been through this verse probably two or three times, the last two or three th- times I've spoken. But let's do it again. It's in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to go through 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Look what he says next. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does he tell us to do next? He tells us a place to put our minds, doesn't he? He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Bill Johnson has a great teaching about this. I highly recommend it to you. I think it's called like, A Lifestyle of Peace. Go watch it. It's so good. He talks and digs into this way deeper than I'm going to here today, but it'll be an encouragement to you. And he goes into this passage right here. Here he says, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So first of all, he says, don't be anxious, because what happens with anxiousness? What happens with anxiety? We've now surrendered our imaginative, creative capacity to think, negativity, right? We're actually starting to faith on things that God never gave to us. We're living in realities that will probably never come to pass. But he says, stop that. Exchange that. Come with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. His peace will will guard your hearts remember this is your decision making capacity from where you're going to actually take m- movement on and your minds he's going to keep that in Christ Jesus he's going to guard you and then he tells you to do something fill your mind with the good lovely noble admirable things focus on him focus on his goodness put your trust in him because the God of peace is going to be with you. What a promise that we see in this. What a promise. I'm going to take us to Ephesians 2. Because peace destroys things that would divide us, things that would separate us, Ways were distant from God and from one another. And I love the promise that's at the, just at the nucleus of, of this passage here, starting in verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We're singing this morning about the blood of Jesus and what he's bought for us. He's given us access. I don't know if anybody here is actually Hebrew by natural bloodline. But when we come into Christ, we are grafted into the promises and the covenants that God has made. This is what this is about here. He's saying, you didn't have any part in this. God actually, God, God actually defined a, a separation between his chosen people and everyone else. And you're on the outside of that covenant. You didn't have access to this. But he says this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Remember, he's speaking to the Ephesians. He's not speaking to the the nation of Israel. He's speaking to the Gentiles right now. I love this next line. For he himself is our peace. Not that Christ gives us some thought of peace he is the prince of peace but he himself is the embodiment of our peace think about that peace isn't just an idea peace is a person peace is a person and he meets with you and look what it ha- what happens from that who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier so this is a god defined barrier he's destroyed it this is not a man made barrier This isn't some way we've decided to separate ourselves and and cordon one another off. This is a God-defined barrier that he said, done. The blood of Christ did that. He destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. By one spirit. His peace and the greatness of his peace and his government is without end. Hostility... All the different things that we can come up with of why we shouldn't love one another, why we should treat one another badly, why we should separate ourselves in any given way is all garbage because Christ already paid the price on the cross. His blood was sufficient for all of it. It remains sufficient for all of it. And he is looking still continuing to destroy the works of darkness through his peace. And he's given that work to us. Your promise in the midst of your storm, your own personal storm, is that he's going to meet you in the midst of it. But it's not meant to just stay inside here. He has given you peace because he intends to to form peace in you, to be put on display. Just as God sent Christ into the world to bring peace, Christ has sent you. He has sent you. He sent you. The fruit of his spirit, one of them, is peace. And we don't hide that fruit, right? We don't hide the light. He puts it up high so that it can be seen. The peace that he's giving you will mature over time. And you can't even help it as you mature in peace. That When you walk into the room, you change the atmosphere because darkness has to respond to the peace that you bring into that room. Disorder has to respond to the order that you're bringing into that room. It might try to fight back, but listen, the one that's in you is greater than the one that's in the world. And he's deployed you to places to bring order and peace into those circumstances. He sent you as his representative to destroy the works of darkness there. Sometimes we don't feel like that can happen. But that makes it no less true. See, God's looking for those who are going to partner with him, for those who are going to believe him, to say, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but by your spirit, you've sent me in here. Give us wisdom and revelation. Lord, govern my heart and my mind in this situation. What is it that you want to release here, Lord? What do you want to set to order here right now? How do you want me to love these people that are here? Holy Spirit, come, I just thank you that You've given me the opportunity to carry you into this place. And watch what he does. You keep going there with him, he's going to start blessing that. He's going to start breaking out. You're going to start having people coming to you because they're not at peace. They've got disorder and chaos raging in them. But they recognize what you have, and they want to know what hope it is that you have that would cause you to function differently. Why is it that you always have these good ideas? How is it that you're always able to see beyond what's going on here? Why is it that when we're all stirred up, you're not? What's going on? And you have an opportunity to share with them the reason for the hope that you have. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Romans 16. Verse 20. I'm just going to read this. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Come on. He will soon crush Satan under your feet. He's speaking to the body of Christ. There's a partnership that you have with God. You are the body of Christ. You're in his body. You're about his business You're on the same mission that he's on. He's sending you into the world. His promise is that he will crush the enemy under your feet. That doesn't have you on the bottom. That has you as victorious over darkness. Not because of your strength, not because of your great mental prowess, not because of what you can do in and of yourself, but because he is in you and he is destroying darkness. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you are battling depression, I would just want to share with you right now from my own testimony, my own time with the Lord, my own history with the Prince of Peace, He is able to meet you in the midst of it. He is able to ultimately deliver you from it. I've been delivered from depression. It didn't happen the first day I experienced depression. It didn't even happen after a year of me praying, Lord, lift this thing from me. He continued to be with me through the midst of that thing. And he ultimately delivered me from it. And in the midst of it, He taught me how to dig in deep with him to find peace. To have that, so I wouldn't drown in it. To show up in little ways. You know what he taught me in the midst of that? He taught me to focus on him. He taught me to keep coming to him for everything. I wore out that piece of paper in my pocket. You know when you folded something over so many times and you open it back up and there's little holes and lines and creases through it? Yeah, that thing was tattered. I think I had to rewrite it a couple of times just so that I could not have to have a confetti in my pocket. But he taught me how to drive in deep with him. He taught me how to find him in the midst of my storm. He taught me how to hear him when all the other voices were raging. He brought me into his words so that I could find... Psalm 91 and other passages that were my lifelines in that point in time. Lord, I know your word is true, even though all this feels like a lie right now. I know your word is true. I'm going to stand firm on it to keep coming back to him there. And you know what else he taught me? To stop inspecting my navel. Are you familiar with that concept? Stop being so introspective. I wasn't doing myself any favors by looking up every little Thing that I had done wrong in my life, every little insecurity that I had, trying to wash over and pour over every little thing about me. He, that's not what he was into. You know what he taught me to do in the midst of my dark hour? Go love and serve other people. Get out of yourself. I had to get out of myself. I had to see him and I had to see others. And he pulled me up out of that mess that I was in. Thank you, Lord. Be confident in him. He is the Prince of Peace. He already paid the price for it all, like Pete was saying earlier this morning. He's worthy of our glory, our honor, our praise, all of it. It all goes to him because he's the one who's victorious, and we get to step into the victory that he's already won. And we get to keep stepping into that victory, and we get to keep coming to him for refuge. We get to keep being under his wings, his covering, we get to keep coming to Him and be being trained by Him and how to function in His peace, how to release His peace, how to carry His peace. There is a lost and hurting world around us, and it needs His peace. It is seeking peace, which it sees, as, as Bill Johnson would say, peace being the absence of something. The world looks at peace as the absence of, of many things. In the kingdom, we recognize that peace is the presence of a person. How is it that we spread peace? We keep bringing the gospel everywhere we go. We keep meeting people where they are. We keep bringing the presence of God wherever we go. We keep teaching people about Jesus, leading them to the foot of the cross, and his peace continues to penetrate. We're not going to come up with clever, crafty ways to devise peace, folks. Jesus already is the Prince of Peace. Go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go share the gospel. Let the peace, the Prince of Peace come into the hearts of mankind and watch what he can do. Watch what only his spirit can do. Hallelujah. We're going to do some communion. It's possible that there are those that are hearing my voice right now that may be in this room, that may be online, they may be watching this in the future. You don't know Jesus. And I've been sharing with you today about my own journey as a Christian, struggling with depression. Okay? And if the enemy has tried to sell you the lie that, hey, you're in depression, you don't have Jesus, don't buy that at all. That is a lie in the pit of hell. My encouragement to you is this. There's an end to that tunnel. And it's through Jesus. I don't know what your time frame is like. I don't know where you're on with it. But I do know this. The power of Jesus Christ will set you free. He will set you free. He set me free. And the grace that he gave me, I get to give away. There's a kingdom principle. You only get to keep what you give away. So I like to give this one away. (laughs) Because we want his grace to spread. We want his peace to spread. Depression must surrender to the Spirit of God. Jesus paid the price. His body was broken for us. His blood was poured out for us. He made a way to the Father. He has overcome every scheme and work of the enemy. And now it's playing out in time and space. And we get to participate in the unfolding of this as his kingdom continues to expand. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to tell you right now, the only way you're going to find true peace is in him. You're not going to find it in any other way that you try to distract yourself. There's no other religion that's going to satisfy you, that is going to bring you peace. It's all a counterfeit. There's only one true Prince of Peace, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he came to destroy the works of darkness and to give you a way back to the Father. Through himself, not all ways lead to God. Not all paths lead to God. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through me. He went to the cross for you. He paid the price for all of your sins that you have ever committed. Prior to knowing him and during knowing him, he's paid the price for all of it. But you only get to cash that check if you choose to believe in Him and follow Him and surrender your life to Him. And here's the deal when you surrender your life to Him, you find your life. And that might sound backwards and upside down, but we live in an upside down kingdom where the least among you is the greatest. the one with the greatest authority, the one with the greatest power is the one who serves all. Remember Jesus, before he went to the cross, when he had his time with his disciples, he washed their feet because he was completely confident in his identity as the son of God. He was not diminished in any way by taking on the form of the lowliest servant. He did it in full, complete confidence, demonstrating for us what it is like for us to lead and serve in the kingdom. And then he went to the cross for us and bore the weight of our sin and shame and guilt. and He gave up his spirit so that you could have eternal life. If you don't yet know him, I would love to pray with you. If you're in this room and you don't yet know him and you want to give your life to Jesus, I would love to pray with you after the service here. I'll be over here in the alcove. If online you don't yet know Jesus and you want to know him, you want to give your heart to him, send us a text, uh, get on the comments, let us know, because we want to pray with you. He is for you. He's not against you. He wants to bring you peace in the midst of every storm that you're in now and forevermore. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you that you went to the cross for us. We thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. We thank you that you came to destroy the works of darkness We thank you, Lord, right now that you are crushing the works of the enemy. Lord, for those who have depression right now, Lord, you are crushing the head of the enemy. Lord, we release right now. I just release whatever grace you have given me, Lord Jesus, in carrying me through that time of depression and relieving me of it, Lord. I release it to all who need it right now, Lord. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we say, come out right now. Come out from depression. Come out from darkness. Come out from the weight that's crushing you. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you will crush the darkness under their heels. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We speak victory through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We remember today, right now, in this moment, we resonate with eternity that you paid the price for us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All glory and honor to pray and praise to you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Eat and drink in the name of Jesus. Do we have any prophetic? We have some prophetic words this morning. Here at our Father's house, if you're not familiar with us, and if you're not familiar with this, we believe and we see God speaking through people to people. We call that prophecy. Okay, so we have two words this morning that we're going to share with you. Need to turn it on. Yeah. Okay, so the first was a picture with an, an encouragement, and the second is a word. And so the first was an encouragement to come as you are and go boldly before the throne. He has called you and his love makes you worthy. So it's a, an invitation. And we saw from Pastor Jay's um, message today's sermon, it's an invitation. It's an invitation of how to live differently. And then the other, um, Katie, you want to bring that one forth? It's easier to read there than here. Okay, I also, um, actually a year ago the Lord showed me a picture, Um, it was May 3rd of last year, and the picture was um, of a young man rowing a a rowboat by himself over to an island. And the Lord reminded me of that this morning, almost a a year later, and my sense was that there is someone who for the last year has been walking and struggling in their own strength. And that the last year has been a year of isolation and not just COVID isolation that we've all been through, but of very purposeful isolation on their own as if they were on their own island. And the Lord has been there with you and watching the entire time and he's beckoning you. And it is also a sweet invitation back to him. He's not upset. He's not disappointed. He's waiting. And his invitation is to take your, your weary arms and your weary body and return to him. If you ident- Can we have some of our prophetic folks just come on up here? <clears throat> if you identify with any, either of those words and you're here this morning, I'd encourage you to come forward so we can pray for you. Don't be scared. God has something for you in this today. We've all been dealing with isolation, and the word there about a young man doesn't necessarily mean just a young man. If you're, a, if you're a lady, if you're an old man, doesn't matter age, if you resonate with that word where you felt like you've been in isolation and you've been distanced, God's calling you. And he's saying, just come on and let the peace of God come and meet you right where you are. I encourage you to come forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody else, I'm going to ask you to rise. We'll dismiss you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that your presence was here waiting for us this morning. Lord, I thank you right now that you are delivering right now people from the works of darkness. You are crushing it, Jesus. Lord, you are so crushing it. And we thank you. I ask right now, Lord, for you to meet with your people as we go through our week. Lord, as we continue to respond to your presence, as we mull over these thoughts, maybe we have doubts and anxieties. Is this even true, Lord? I know that as, as people reach to you and they ask, Lord, teach me what you have for me in this, that you will show them. You will meet them right where they are. I rebuke fear, anxiety, anxious thoughts right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, right now, I release peace and good order over your people right now. I ask that the Spirit of God would visit with us. Lord, that you would just wreck us. Lord, even as we're driving down the road, you just make us weep. And I thank you, Lord, that you protect us still as we're driving. Father, I just thank you for your people. Lord, as we come to your word, as we open it up, that we would meet the presence of God before we even read a word. We thank you, Lord, that you are alive. We thank you, Lord, that you're destroying the works of darkness. And with my brother, Lord, I just rejoice over this last year. I thank you for all the challenges and the trials that we've gone through over this year, Lord, because I know it's drawn us closer to you. Lord, that you're teaching us in this time to just focus on you and you alone, Lord, to come to your word and find you there, find your promises and find them fresh and new, Lord, I ask that you would give us new adventures in our Bibles. Lord, that you would open up new words, new understandings, new things that we have never seen before, Lord, as we come to you. Because our, we would have a fresh understanding, a fresh perspective from what you have brought us through in this time. And Lord, I ask that you would give us a heart for others. Not only here within our body, Lord, but outside these walls. Lord, that where we go, Lord Jesus, we know that you are with us, bringing your peace to transform the atmosphere that we are brought into. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you for everything that you're doing. I thank you for how you are calling us to partner with you. I thank you, Lord, that you are overcoming, and I thank you for the good work that you are doing right now. I bless your people in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Prince of Peace. Amen. Go in peace. Amen.